Welcome to Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms, a podcast of Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, or PAVE. I'm Meredith Berkman. And I'm Dorian Furman, and we're the Wrong Moms. We're really excited today to have another important conversation, as we've had before on the show several times, about menthol, and specifically about how and why menthol has historically been used by Big Tobacco to addict communities of color. For today's conversation, we're really thrilled to have with us partner and friend, Greg Bolden, who is Community Initiatives Program Manager at the Center for Black Health and Equity in Atlanta. And later on, we'll also hear from his partner and ours, Jalissa Kelly of the Heart Coalition in Atlanta, representing and talking about the No Menthol Movement Atlanta. Today's conversation, will talk about how and why the fight against menthol really matters, not only at the national federal level, which we've talked about before and will again, but from the ground up. Greg, thanks so much for being with us. Let's just jump right into the social equity piece about menthol and the historic use of menthol by the tobacco industry. And this is no secret. All this has been, you know, written about and talked about and um, in all the tobacco industry documents, um, the use of menthol to addict uh, communities of color, specifically African-American smokers to nicotine. And so I guess some background about menthol and why as, um, as uh, one of our uh, other partners that we share, um, uh, Dr. Phil Gardner of the AATCLC, the African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, on our podcast and in many other places, says menthol makes the poison go down easier. But maybe you could sort of set the stage for why that is and how that's done. Well, that, you know what? That's very appropriate because uh, Dr. Phil Gardner, Dr. Valerie Yeager, and Carol Magruder with AATCLC, they do a very good job of. Uh, of educating our communities around these issues. But menthol, you know, menthol was actually, cigarettes was actually uh, developed accidentally. Lord Spud Hughes was asthmatic and he used to hide his cigarettes in his, in his menthol uh, tin. And when he would pull them out in the morning, he would find that they would, it would be permeated with, with menthol. He soon developed a patent behind that, sold it to the tobacco industry, and they began to market it. They initially marketed to uh, the Caucasian community, white communities as a whole, but then they, they found a niche because in 1950, we found that only about 5% of African-Americans actually smoked menthol cigarettes. Uh, the smoking rate was much lower at that point, but we uh, only 5% of African-Americans smoked. Now it's between 85 and 90 percent of African Americans that smoke now smoke mentholated cigarettes. It was directly targeted at African Americans. It was used uh, through marketing, through our influencers, the athletes, through uh, their advertisement in the in our media,s such as magazines. They found that uh, they can advertise on the on televisions, and they were one of the first groups to actually use African-Americans in their tobacco advertisements. There's another piece of this that almost sounds unbelievable, but I know it's something, and you referenced the the Troika, the leadership of the AATCLC. Actually, Carol Magruder is on our board, and we've heard Dr. Val, you know, she has written about the science of 
melanin and menthol. And that was something that the tobacco industry also was capitalizing on. If you could just for a moment explain that, because it shows that they were taking science and then, as you said, like the evil genius of marketing directly and creating then generational nicotine addiction, right? Of, of generations right. Of, of families who've been harmed by the tobacco industry's marketing of menthol. You know, one of the interesting aspects of the tobacco industry is that they do more research on us and on the tobacco products than any other product in the world. That is the most researched product uh, ever. And we they discovered that because of the melanin in our skins, the nicotine that's produced from the smoking uh, of the cigarettes actually produces serum cotinine. Serum cotinine levels in our body remain longer in our body because of the melanin in our skin, and it processes differently so that when a person smokes a cigarette, especially within the African-American community because of our melanin, what happens is it processes differently, but it stays in our system longer, which means that it is doing our body more harm. And while African-Americans oftentimes, especially those who smoke menthol cigarettes, may smoke fewer cigarettes, we tend to die sooner and we have more health complications simply because of the science behind the use of the cigarette as a whole. And the, uh, the addition of menthol and things like ammonia, the ammonia actually helps with, with the absorption of the nicotine within our system, but those types of things actually keep us addicted longer and make it harder for us to quit. On April 29th of this year, the FDA made an amazing announcement that they were going to begin the rulemaking process to end the sale of menthol cigarettes. Can you tell us why that is so important and why that's a game changer? That rulemaking process could take uh, up to, well, it can take more than a year. Uh, and they've had said that it's probably going to take them a year to eat just look at it. We don't understand why it's taking that long, but they're still looking at it. Once they make the rules, then the rule, they can say they're going to take menthol off the off the market, but then they're going to be faced with lawsuits. There's a, a long process. And that's why it is so important for local communities. And that's what we do at, at the center. We do capacity building. We go in, we train folks, we help them understand how to move through the process. It's important for the communities to actually go in and work with their communities and make their legislators do the right thing. And it's so very important that we do that. So the center has been partnering with communities and groups on the ground to make sure that these menthol laws are changed from the ground up. For instance, No Menthol Atlanta. We have Julissa here with us, who's going to speak a little bit more about, you know, what they're doing on the ground in Atlanta. Hey, thank you for passing the mic over to me. We've been in the community for 20 years, so we've built trust to advocate for health equity. Um, We had the opportunity last year of 2020 to create what we now call the No Movement ATL Coalition. Um, The ultimate goal is to promote health equity and optimal health by reducing the burden and harm associated with mentholated tobacco products right here in Atlanta and surrounding areas. Um, The coalition is a broad-based strategic 
initiative, which was designed to end the sale of and use of menthol and flavored tobacco. So just to give you guys and your listeners a little bit of background of who we are. Um, as we talk about health equity, we also stress the importance to continue to fight against big tobacco. To further address the disparities and the predatory tactics associated with marginalized communities. Greg mentioned African American. We've talked about brown and black communities. So that's one of our major communities, but we also know the impact as it relates to like women's health, LGBTQ communities, Asian American and Pacific Islanders communities. Once again, thank you all for having me on the line today. I also want to mention that November is Great American Smokeout, which is an annual intervention held on the third Thursday of November um, by the American Cancer Society. Wow, that is so exciting. The Great American Smokeout has, I mean, it's been around for a while, but to have such an amazing local involvement and community effort is so fantastic. So thank you for for sharing that and and letting us know. And, you know, it's it's so fascinating because, um, you know, big tobacco has been around for a while. The American, Great American Smokeout has made such strides getting people to quit. As you said, if you quit for just one day, then the next day is another day and it's one day at a time. And before you know it, you're, you're, you're cigarette free. Um, you know, vapes are also part of Big Tobacco and their new initiative to trap kids. And, you know, as we all know, 95% of smokers begin smoking before the age of 20 or 21. So it is so important that they initiate youth with menthol, with these, with, with e-cigarettes, with cigarettes, with high-tech devices. So they're always shape-shifting, but with people like you and us, and, and we're just going to keep sounding the alarm. So, you know, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Dorian and Meredith, and also Greg. And just like you mentioned, Dorian, you know, e-cigarettes do play a role in this message that we're delivering. And as a coalition, we have partnered with our local high school right here in Atlanta, which is Mays High School. That first week of November is HOSA week, which um, many of those that are associated with the Health and Science Club, HOSA week is for Health and Science major, where we're able to go in and do some of those interventions so the high school students can really understand the dangers of these e-cigarette products um, and also the dangers of menthol and flavored tobacco in itself. So as we are building momentum, and this podcast is definitely one of those mediums that we're so excited to be able to amplify our message through you all, we're also taking the initiative to actually go into the local schools, attend community health fairs. Um, we've sent out um, legislative package to the incoming or potential candidates that's on the ballot. Um, just so we can continue to build, excuse me, awareness around what's going on in Atlanta, but of course to educate our community members so they understand the dangers and the predatory tactics that is being um, built throughout, especially African American communities. We want them to understand what is really going on. So. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak with you all this evening, and I just hope that we can continue to do more things of such as we continue to break down big tobacco. So thank you, ladies and gents. Great. Well, thank you so much. We're really grateful for your time and for all of your advocacy and education and for your partnership. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.